Hello, everyone. I'm Minister Marvin Fant. And in this episode, Dr. Price goes into extreme detail of the racist myths of interracial marriages and dating. There have been many pastors and even scholars who have used the Bible as a so-called proof to go against interracial marriages and dating. So if you ever thought the Bible spoke against interracial marriages, then you need to listen to this message. And if you ever wanted to explain to someone who thought this way, then you need to listen to this message. Now, here's Dr. Price. Time, I began, we're in the religion section, and I began a dissection of a particular uh, study Bible in reference to its reference notes. Again, I want to say why I'm doing this so that people will be able to understand. The Lord led me to do it this way. Racism is a cancerous disease, not only in America, in the world, but especially in the church. And I, being a minister of the gospel, that's my area of expertise, if you would. I'm not trying to change society, and yet I know this society will be impacted one way or the other. But I'm basically interested in the church because that's where I'm sent. Now, God the Father led me to do it this way, and that is to find the roots of racism so that we can pull them up and kill the plant. Just by cutting the tree down, as I've said before, or by cutting the grass or cutting back the hedges or the shrubs, that's not going to do away with the source of that growth. We've got to go underground and dig up the roots. And so I'm in the process of ferreting out anything that is conducive to the ongoing of racism. And so in my research, I have found things that appear to me. Remember about appearance? First Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from the very appearance of evil. Okay, and racism is evil. It's not of God. So it's an evil. It's a sin. And so we're supposed to avoid the... Not, he didn't even say avoid evil. He said avoid the very appearance. Of, if it looks like it, we ought to avoid it. I mean, we don't, even need, we don't even need to get down to finding out that it is evil. He said, if it appears to be, if it looks like it, we ought to get rid of it. Now, preachers, ministers, Bible scholars, theologians, people that compile biblical writings have been one of the prime causes of racism in the church by taking the Bible and misconstruing it and misapplying it and misquoting it have tried to buttress up their racist white supremacy beliefs. And of course, by using the Bible, then they think they legitimatize it and therefore it ought to be accepted by everybody because it's validatable by the Bible. Well, we have one case in point. Again, as I said last time, it is not my purpose to malign or to accuse the writer of being a racist. I'm not dealing with the writer. I'm dealing with his writings. And I'm dealing with how they appear. I have no idea what's in the heart of anybody. But I can only judge you by your words, by your writings, and by your actions. Apart from that, that's it. I don't carry around x-ray vision like Superman. Where I can look inside and see what's on the inside. I can only go by what you write, what you speak, and what you do. And that's biblical because the Bible says the tree is known by its fruit. Okay. Now, 
We, talk, we started last time talking about Dake's annotated reference Bible and about one particular section in the Bible where Mr. Dake has a commentary on the book of Acts and he has what's called 30 reasons for the segregation of races. 30 reasons for the segregation of races. And in my studies of those 30 reasons, uh, I intend to go over each one of them. Be, I, I'm not going to say that Mr. Dake was a racist. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that, 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 that it, it boggles my mind that these 30 reasons are totally unsupportable by Scripture. Amen. And yet Scripture is used to support them. The first one is the one we started talking about last time where he says, I quote, God wills all races to be as he made them. Any violation of God's original purpose manifests insubordination to him. And then we read a scripture in Acts 17, 26, which says out of one blood, God made all men and then set their bounds and boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. You will remember that. Mr. Dake's premise is that everything ought to remain as it was when it came from the hand of God. So if God created the races as separate entities, then they ought to stay that way. And there should never be any admixture or mixing of races. That's that's the impression that I get from that. And so consequently, we need to find out from the Bible, is that true? If it is true that God intended for every what we call ethnic group to remain as they were, as God created them and remain where they were, then everybody's going to have to go back to Africa because that's where the human race started. Amen. Amen. And I said it last time, all the white folks in America are going to have to go back to Europe because that's where they came from. Go back to where you came from and let the uh, American Indians, the Native Americans, have the land that they had before y'all came and stole it from them. So can you see how dumb that can you see how dumb that premise is? It can't be that God wants everybody back where they originally started, because if that's so, then we will have to do exactly what I just said, because a European didn't start out on the continent, the North American continent. They started in Europe. So you need to go back. Otherwise, you're out of the will of God. Can you see how stupid that is? Now, again, we should not find any biblical references to any mixtures. Because if God allows and blesses mixtures, then he would be violating the premise of this Bible scholar, which says God wills all races to be as he made them. So then God cannot then bless the mixing of any ethnic or ethnos groups or nation. He can't allow that. He'd be violating his own purposes if, according to what this man says, is true. All right. Now, we looked at several things. I said we looked at Abraham and Hagar. Abraham was a Jew or Hebrew and Hagar was an Egyptian and Egyptians were black. Moses and his Ethiopian wife. We looked at that. Moses was a Hebrew. Supposedly, he was what we would call white. And uh, what they've been telling us, he's white. And the Ethiopian woman comes from Ethiopia, which comes from the Hebrew word Cush or Cushite. And Cush was the first son of Ham, who was black. So that means Moses married a black woman. The last one we were talking about was Salman and Rahab. S-A-L-M-O-N. Salman was a Shemite. And Rahab was a Canaanite. Canaan was Ham's last son. So if Ham was black, then Ham's last son had to be black. And if Solomon was a Shemite, 
and the Shemites were not black, and Solomon married Rahab, who was a Canaanite, it looked to me like that'd be some kind of mixing going on there. Now, not only, and this is where we left off, not only did, 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 did Solomon and Rahab come together, but then we looked at the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back and start with Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And we'll look at the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, again, if God were opposed to the mixing of races, and I want to be very clear again, I am not a proponent of interracial marriage. In other words, I'm not pushing for it. I don't give a care. I'm already married, and so I don't care who marries who. You'll marry whoever y'all want to marry. I'm, I'm not pushing for interracial marriage. What I'm pushing for is why does it make a difference to you when it doesn't make a difference to God? That's, that's my whole purpose. See, what are you upset about when it doesn't upset God? And if it were God's will, his decreed will, that none of his creatures ever mix beyond their own ethnic group, then he shouldn't have anything about it in the Bible. We shouldn't find anything in the Bible. Well, not only do we find something in the Bible. In fact, the three illustrations that I've already used, and I'm going to use another one. But then we have it. We have it also stated in the genealogy of God's son. Now, let's look at it again. Genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter one, verse one, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadad. Aminadad begot Nashon and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab the Canaanite. Solomon, this is the reason I'm using Solomon and Rahab, because out of that union came Boaz. Okay? And Boaz was by Rahab, the Canaanite black woman, and it's listed in the genealogy of Jesus. Now, I didn't get a chance to finish this last time, but let me say this because I actually got a little bit further ahead than I want to. Because there will be the astute readers of the Bible that will challenge me on this because if you follow the genealogy all the way, all the way down, you find that the genealogy ends in Joseph. Now, Joseph was the legal father of Jesus, but not his biological father. Therefore, someone would say, well, then see, Brother Price, your premise is incorrect because Joseph never added anything to the physicalness of, if there is such a word, I, if not, I just quoted it, physicalness. I like it. It sounds good to me, though. The physicalness, hmm, the physicalness of Jesus, because he was not the one who impregnated Mary. Well, I don't have time to go into it now because I have a whole section on that when we get into that near the end of the racism series. And in that section, I am going to show you that both Joseph and Mary came out of Ham.
but I, that's not a part of my lesson at this point. But I just wanted in case in case the astute Bible scholar would want to throw out the baby with the bathwater because of thinking that I'm doing incorrect exegesis by saying that there was black in the line of Jesus. Well, there was through Mary. And I'll show you by the Bible, by the scriptures that both Mary and Joseph came out of the same line and Ham was in the woodpile. Okay, now let's move on to our next witness, David and Bathsheba. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Second Samuel chapter 11. And see, the reason, a part of the reason that I'm going over this too is because God wants everybody free. See? And not only black folk don't know this, white folk don't know this. It's been hidden from both races by the religious promulgators of racism in the beginning. Because they know that if you, white folks and black folks and brown folk and red and yellow folk found this out, you wouldn't put up with or stand for racism and they would be out of business because racism is strictly economic and they use skin color as a dodge or a smokescreen for it. Okay. Now, second Samuel chapter 11, verse two. Remember now we're talking about Dake's notes 30 reasons for the segregation of the races. Number one is God wills. God wills all races to be as he made them. Any violation of God's original purpose manifests insubordination to him. Well, it looked like it didn't bother God so far. All right. This is the fourth witness now. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I'm going one step beyond. I'm going to give you four. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse two. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. Verse three. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Now, if you didn't know it, the Hittites were black. All right. In that same chapter, go to the 26th verse. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. Verse 27. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. What David had done that displeased the Lord was not marrying a black woman. What David did that that displeased the Lord was in order to get that black, beautiful woman, he had her husband killed. And that was murder. And that's what displeased God. All right, go to the 12th chapter. Chapter 12. Watch this now. Verse 24. 
Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. So she bore a son and called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him. So you racists better pack your bags and leave town. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that. Yeah, I, I going to be reading that again. Verse 24. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. So she bore a son and he called his name Solomon. Now, that would have been enough. We would have known that David went in to Bathsheba. Bathsheba had a son and they named him Solomon. We would have known but oh, look at God's superlative. It said, and the Lord loved that black boy. I mean, the Lord loved him. <laughs> See, in another place, David, uh, Solomon said, I'm black and comely. Well, he had to have some in him because Solomon did because Bathsheba probably more than likely was a Hittite because that's what her husband was. And Hittites came from Heth and all of them came from Ham. Solomon was a direct ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that? The union of David and Bathsheba was an interracial marriage. Bathsheba was not an Israelite because her first husband, as I already said, was a Hittite. The Hittites descended from Heth, who descended from Canaan, who was the son of Ham. Now, I'm going to go one step beyond the one step. Does the New Testament say anything about interracial marriage? See, because interracial marriages would put a hole in Mr. Dake's first premise. That God wills that all races remain as he made them. Now, again, I'm not accusing Mr. Dick of being a racist, but I'm telling you something smells somewhere around this thing <laughs> that smells like racism. I mean, that's just, I can't go any further. If you say you're not, well, then you're not. But I don't understand how you can anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> does the New Testament say anything about interracial marriage? Yes, it does. Eunice and Timothy's Greek father. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts, chapter 16. All right, chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. Then he, this is Paul, came to Derby. And Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. By the way, for the benefit of visitors, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. That's why some words seem a little different. But it's basically the same. But I'm using the New King James, and there are some words that are updated from the traditional archaic uh, 1611 English. So that's why some of the words may be different. Verse 1 again. Then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman. Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra in Iconium. 
Paul wanted to have him go with him and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region for they all knew that his father was Greek. So Timothy was the offspring of an interracial marriage and it must have been acceptable to the Lord because he was used mightily in the formation of the early church. The only legitimate Say legitimate. legitimate. No, say legitimate. legitimate. Say, say, l- 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 legitimate. <laughs> the only legitimate prohibition that I can find in the Bible about people marrying people is not ethnic but spiritual. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. See, the racists have used, attempted to use the Bible to support their racism, and it's untenable. But apparently, either nobody has found out about it, or everybody's been afraid to challenge them with it. But that day is over. Now, here it is in the Bible. I used this before at length, but I want to just touch on this 14th verse again. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Period. That's it. That's, on, that's God's only prohibition. In other words, believers should not get hooked up with in any kind of a legal yoke, which marriage is a legal bond. They should not get mixed up with an unbeliever. I don't give a care if it's a white believer who marries a white non-believer. They are unequally yoked. If a red believer marries a, a red unbeliever, they are unequally yoked. If a black believer marries a black unbeliever, Biblically speaking, they are unequally yoked. The only prohibition that God has is believers and unbelievers. Be not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. That's it. Color does not matter to God because out of one blood, God made all men. Now, let's go on. Now, let me say this because I I said I had an interesting week. I had a call, you know, I read the letters, you know, that I received from Dake Publishing. And uh, I had a conference call this week with three of the Dake Publishing and family members. We talked on the telephone. And uh, they wanted to assure me that their father and grandfather was not a racist. And so they wanted me to tell my nationwide television audience that Mr. And I, I, I apologize for the incorrect pronunciation because, you know, things can look one way. Uh, I, I called him, I, I referred to him as Finnis, F-I-N-I-S, Finnis Dake, but his name is supposed to be pronounced Finis, Finis, Finis Dake. So I apologize for that. But uh, they wanted me to know that, that uh, their father and grandfather was not a racist. I never said he was. And uh, as I said in the letter that I wrote them in response to their first letter to me, 
I, if he was, or if it looks like he was, I forgive him. And it looks like they're, they're not, I don't think they're hearing me very well because they're still missing my point. All of that's fine. I'm not dealing with what Mr. Dake may or may not have been. I don't know. I've never met the man. I can't, I don't know. I'm going by the writings. Okay. I, and what I'm doing is these writings, that Bible that I, re- I read that out of, that quoted it out of, was published in 1963. That's 35 years ago. That means that, that stuff has been in print for 35 years. Can you imagine how many people have read that and felt justified in continuing their racism attitude that they learned across the dinner table and the bedroom and in the back seat and front seat of the car while their parents were driving and talking to them? How many of them have been able then because they saw this in a Bible by a Bible commentator that says these races ought to be separated? That adds strength to their preconceived idea of racism. So that's a root that has to be pulled up because racism can never be done away with until people get it out of their hearts. See, racism, racism is not some legal codified thing, though there may be a manifestation of it in a legal and codified way, you know, like color drinking fountain and white drinking fountain, that kind of junk. But that's not racism is in here. Racism is inside. That's just a manifestation out there. If it wasn't in here, it would never manifest out there. See, so we have to go back and dig up the root and people that have read these notes and have bought these Bibles, they have to know that those notes and the things that they promulgate are untrue. Now they have assured me, the Dake family has assured me that they've changed their, their, uh, their Bibles and they've changed the notes. I appreciate that. I thank God for that. And that's the way it ought to be. But that don't undo the 35 years. Thank you very much. I thank God that they chat. Thank God that they came to their senses. You know, or, or came to an awareness that they needed to make a change. Please understand me. But that got nothing to do with the roots. See, what that's doing, what they're doing is cutting down the tree, trimming the hedges and cutting the grass. But that stuff is still in the ground and it's coming up again. <laughs> got to root out the thing. Mr. Dake's second reason for segregating the racist states, number two, and I quote, God made everything to reproduce after his own kind. End of quote. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I need, nah, no, no, I need to add on to that. God made everything, quote, God made everything to reproduce after his own kind. And then the word kind, underlined, means type and color. Or he would have kept them all alike to begin with, end of quote. Now, see, again, this is the problem. See, again, I don't know, Mr. Dake. I don't know what was in his heart. But I'm sorry. And I may be the only one on the planet that gets this impression, but some kind of way, it just seemed like I had, I, I pick up an odor of racism. Amen. 
See, I'm not calling him a racist. I'm just talking about the odors that I'm picking up. Let me read this again because, watch it. Quote, God made everything to reproduce after his own kind. And then he says, kind means type and color. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to remember that type and color. Say that. One more time. One more time. Type and color, or he would have kept them all alike to begin with, end of quote. Mr. Dake grossly missed the mark on rightly dividing the word with this statement. In the book of Genesis, the word kind, K-I-N-D, appears 16 times. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Now, see, again, I am not calling this man a racist, but it's just difficult for me to understand that if you're not or you were not a racist, how do you, how do you come up with racist indications? You know, I mean, if, 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 if that's not a lemon tree, I don't understand how come the fruit looks like lemons. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny and, and I, it's, but it's, I just have a difficulty with that. I'm not saying it's a lemon tree, but I, I mean, it's just something funny about the fruit that looks, even though it's not a lemon tree, but it, that stuff hanging on the branch, it looks like lemons. It looks like lemons. Okay, let, let's go on now. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The earth. Now, I have a, I have a purpose in this. And you got to get this. I, you remember, we saw, I, I told you to emphasize the word type and what? Color. Type and what? Color. That, that's Mr. Dake's words. Type and color. Type and color. We want to look at these 16 references where the word kind is used. Only, these are the only places you find it. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 11. It says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its what? Kind. Whose seed is in itself on the earth and it was so. Look at verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yielded seed according to its what? Kind and the tree that used fruit whose seed is in itself according to its what? Kind and God saw that it was what? Good. Go to the 21st verse of that same chapter. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their what? Kind and every winged bird according to its what? Kind and God saw that it was good. Verse 22 and God blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let And let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its what? Kind. Cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its what? Kind. And it was so. Verse 25. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its what? Kind. 
cattle according to its what? Kind. And everything that creeps on the earth according to its what? Kind. And God saw that it was good. Now go to Genesis chapter 6. And one verse, verse 20, Genesis 6 and 20, of the birds after their what? Of animals after their what? And of every creeping thing of the earth after its what? Two of every what? Kind will come to you to keep them alive. Look at chapter 7 and verse 14. It says, they and every beast after its what? Kind. And all cattle after their what? Kind. Every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its what? Kind. And every bird after its what? Kind. Every bird of every sort. Now, here is the catch on this thing. Mr. Dake says that the word kind means type and color. In the book of Genesis, and we just read it, you just read it. In the book of Genesis, the word kind appears 16 times. In every case, it means species. Mr. Dake, however, says that it means type and color. With all due respect, that is not an accurate Hebrew definition of the word kind. The new Strong's exhaustive concordance of the Bible translate the word, translates the word, the Hebrew word mean is pronounced like M-E-E-N, mean, but it's spelled M-I-Y-N, but it's pronounced mean. Number 4327 in Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, quote, from an unused root, meaning to portion out, you know, like you distribute out, portion out, a sort, a sorting, you know, you sort things out, okay? In other words, species, kind, end of quote. In the Analytical Concordance of the Bible by Robert Young, William B. Erdman's publishing company, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Mr. Young translates the word kind under number two in his uh, book. The Hebrew, I quote, the Hebrew word, and here he, he spelled it M-I-N, but it's pronounced mean, as species, end of quote. Be it noted that both Mr. Young and Mr. Strong are noted Hebrew and Greek scholars. In the theological word book of the Old Testament by Harris, Archer, and Waltke, W-A-L-T-K-E, Harris, Archer, and Waltke, copyright 1980 by the Moody Bible Institute of Chicago on page 503 and 504, they translate the word, the Hebrew word mean or kind as follows. Quote, God created the basic forms of life called mean, which can be classified according to modern biologists and zoologists as sometimes species, sometimes genus, sometimes family or order. This gives no support to the classical evolutionist view, which requires developments across kingdom, phyla, and classes, end of quote. 
in the New Wilson's Old Testament word studies by William. I spent three years getting this stuff. You're going to keep your behinds awake. Okay. And if you got some medicine, it's making you sleepy. Cast out the medicine. In the New Wilson's Old Testament word studies by William Wilson, copyright 1987, by Craigle Publication on page 238, and also in the New Brown Driver Briggs Jesenius. That's the Brown Driver Briggs, B R I G G S, Jesenius, G E S E N I U S, Hebrew English lexicon by Brown Driver Briggs. Copyright 1979 by J.P. Green Sr. On page 568, both publications translates the Hebrew word mean or kind as species. End of quote. Pick up on this now. This is me. Pick up on this now. Negroes, Japanese, Indians, Caucasians, and other ethnic groups are not, I repeat, are not distinct species, but ethnic divisions of the human species, because after all, there is only one human race. Hey, are you getting this? Something's amiss here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. We looked at this at one time, but let's go here first. Go here, rather, and uh, let me show you one other thing. 1 Corinthians 15. See, Mr. Dake wants to make it types and colors. All these other scholars, they say it means species. Every one of them agreed it's a species. It means species. And everything that God created is in an entirely different species. Cats are not fish. Fish are not dogs. Dogs are not horses. Horses are not rhinoceroses. Rhinoceroses are not giraffes. Giraffes are not tigers. Tigers are not lions. Lions are not boa constrictors. Boa constrictors are not rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes are not anacondas. Anacondas are not coral snakes. They're all different species. All right. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 39, it says all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men and another flesh of animals, another of fish and another of birds. One kind of flesh of man. Just one. Only one. Why? Because man is a species different than any other species. So I think Mr. Dakes got a little challenge here. First Corinthians 1539 that we just read sums it up. Most people oppose interracial marriage. Most people who oppose interracial marriage really oppose whites marrying blacks more than anything else. You just as well say amen and don't sit there looking at me like that. That's the big problem. The biggest problem. 
I mean, they get on other ethnic groups too, but that's the big thing in America. This whole thing based on that. Reason number three, Mr. Dake, I quote, God originally determined the bounds of the habitation of nations. End of quote. Acts 17, 26, you don't have to turn it. We already looked at that. It, it said that God made out of one blood all men for to dwell upon the face of the whole earth and set their bonds in their habitations. We remember that. But go to Genesis chapter 10. Because actually the scripture that Mr. Dake uses, unfortunately, to support these things, Because, see, when you say bounds or boundary lines, that means that's, you know, that's set. And uh, you're not supposed to go past that. I mean, isn't, I mean, isn't that, I mean, that's the purpose of the boundary. It'll let you know that's mine and that's yours. Don't come over here and I ain't coming over there. That, you're trespassing. That's why you have boundaries. Otherwise, you don't need any boundaries, right? So he says, God originally determined the bounds of the habitation of nations. So he's saying that God originally set up where nations would be and that that's where they're supposed to stay. All right, look at Genesis chapter 10, verse 5. Uh, it says, from these, the, co the, the coastland peoples of the Gentiles were separated into their lands, everyone according to his language, according to their families, into their nations. Now, look at the 32nd verse of that same chapter, verse chapter 10. These were the families of the sons of Noah, according to their generations, in their nations. And from these, the nations were divided on the earth after the flood. Now, go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Then I'll put all this together. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Page 187. 186 and 187. Actually, page 186. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and one verse, verse 8, says, When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Now get this. It says, When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Now, all you got to do, see, a lot of times you may not know what something means. You know, accurately, you can't just put your finger and say, this means this. But you know what? You can find out what it means to a degree by finding out what it doesn't mean. Did you get that? See, in other words, sometimes you don't always know exactly what something means. You're not really sure of what it means. But if you can find out what it doesn't mean... That sure enough goes a long way helping you understand what it does mean because you sure know it don't mean that. Now, let me read that eighth verse again along with the other verses that we just read. It says, when the Most High divided the inheritance of the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Now, if that meant, according to what Mr. Dake means, that all these things or nations are supposed to stay, God originally determined the bounds of the habitation of nations, then that means they got to stay that way forever. And the thing that's the thing that is just absolutely mind boggling. 
And, and please don't take this stuff personally. You know it's not you. In other words, you know that's not in your heart. So don't, don't get personal on me. But I'm dealing with the causes of these things. And these are real things. But if that if that's true, I said it earlier, if, if that's true, then the Caucasoids, Caucasians should have stayed in Europe. They had no business here in the North American and the South American continent. And then they came here and said the Lord sent them here. <laughs> no, I mean that he sent them to establish America as a place for freedom of religion. Now, now they're telling us we're supposed to stay in the same place where God originally put the boundaries. Well, you see, here's what I'm talking about when I say you may not always know exactly what it does mean, but you sure enough know what it don't mean, using my very best English, what it don't mean by what we just read. Because if God set the boundaries and then he sent, put it in the heart of Columbus to come to America and others to find this nation to develop it, then they left their original boundaries. We know where they came from. Where did the Native Americans come from? I don't mean that. Please don't be offended. I didn't mean that. That I'm trying to dramatize. Put the blade in and twist it. I'm trying to dramatize. Where did the American, what we call the American Indian, which are not Indians, but that's what they were looking for and they thought these were them when they found them, but Native American that were already here, where be they coming from? Where did they be coming from? I mean, I mean, I mean, we know that the white man came from Europe, but where did the, where did the Native Americans come from? Uh, we know where the, where the black folk came from, the Negroes, they came from Africa. So where be the Indians coming from? See, so this doesn't fly. This won't hold water. I, I believe that Mr. Dake reveals something about himself in reason number four. Now, this one, put your seatbelt on. Send you up good and tight. Because I don't want you to become a statistic. Because when this vehicle hits this stone wall, if you ain't tied in, you're going through the windshield. Reason number four. Quote, miscegenation means the mixture of races, especially the black and white races or those of outstanding type of color. The Bible even goes farther than opposing this. It is against different branches of the same stock into marrying such as Jews marrying other descendants of Abraham. End of quote. I still, I'm still detecting an odor. I'm not accusing anybody of being anything, but I'm still, I, I'm, I'm picking up some kind of an odor. See, I want to know why, notice this. This, this, I mean, it's, 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 listen to this, miscegenation, I'm quoting, miscegenation means the mixture of races. Now, if he had stopped there, everything would be fine. You know, I mean, we could at least, I mean, I could at least, you know, 
I could play with that a little bit, you know. But then why do you have to say, especially the black and white race? Come on. Come on now. Why especially the black and white race? Why? What's so special, especially about the black and white races that they have to stay separated? You don't smell anything? (laughs) Now, let's look at some scriptures to find out if God is opposed to blacks and whites intermarrying. Because if he is, we ought to find it in the book. I mean, that's God's book. Huh? I have read the Bible, I don't know how many times. You know, I haven't found the word black in there yet. And I haven't found the word white in there yet. Now, I don't understand how this man is so astute, scholarly, and full of wisdom that he's been able to determine out of a book that doesn't use the terms that it means black and whites especially. All right, let's look at the book of Ezra, chapter 9. Ezra? Yeah, what? Ezra? (laughs) Ha, ha! Some of y'all said, who? (laughs) Mary, what did he say? Ezra. And I want uh, chapter 9, you'll find that one on page 418 and 419. Ezra. Now, let me give you this again because see again where I'm interested, I'm trying to find the roots. Okay? It's all I'm trying to do. And I I apologize to the Dake family or anyone else that may be uh, a student of the Dake Reference Bible if it sounds like, because that's not my intent, but all I can tell you is it smells like. You told me that that's not a lemon tree. I'm sorry that. That stuff that's hanging on them limbs looks like lemons to me. Now, I, you know, I, I ain't too smart, but I have been informed over the years what a lemon looks like. And I'm sorry, that stuff on that tree. I don't know what you call the tree, but to me, that turkey looked like lemons. Or for you more astute and scholarly linguists, Lemons. <laughs> All right, Ezra chapter 9, and let's look at verse 1. 
When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands. Now follow this. The peoples of the land, with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. Verse 2. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of those lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers has been foremost in this trespass. Now, what we're going to see now and what we're going to be looking at, and I need to have you to be aware of this. See, Mr. Dake and others indicate that miscegenation or intermarrying with other people was based on a color thing, on an ethnic basis. And even when he says here, it is against different it, it is against different branches of the same stock in a marrying, such as Jews marrying other descendants of Abraham. We're going to find out that that is not true. That in every case we're going to read, and we're going to read every one, every scripture that he uses. In every case, it had nothing to do with color. Showed it had nothing to do with black and white. But it had nothing at all to do with color. It had to do, again, really, with believers and unbelievers. It had to do with the paganism of the land in which the Israelites found themselves. And if you go back and look at the history of Israel, every single time they violated God's word and got messed up with those pagan people, the pagan people always pulled them away from Jehovah and they would end up worshiping false gods. And that's what brought them into all the troubles that they have ever had, even up to this day. From a biblical perspective now. And I'm out of time. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs>